Welcome back to Thirsty the Podcast. This summer, we are revisiting dates of dark days past with fresh perspectives. I will say it's a little bit embarrassing, and we have definitely made jokes at our own expense in re-listening to these stories. Today, we're bringing back self-absorbed Sam, a man I dated a couple of years back who, for whatever reason, was entranced with warm hugs, talking incessantly about himself, and gaslighting me just a little bit. Olaf. He thought he was Olaf with the warm hugs. <laughs> Stay tuned to listen to this oldie but a goodie dating story, then stick around after the episode for a brand new discussion. This is Second Chance Summer from Thirsty, the podcast. Have you ever found yourself in a relationship where you ignored that you were being ignored? Did it start off strong only to quickly fizzle out? This is Thirsty, the podcast self-absorbed Sam. Hi, everyone. This is Laura. Um, I'm excited for my first episode of this season, um, partly because last season I focused a little less on relationships and a little more on probably what we would call situationships a lot of the time. Um, you know, people I had one or two dates with, um, so a little bit different, but a lot easier to talk about than actual real relationships. Um, but right around when we started recording season one, I had just gotten out of a relationship. And at that time, I didn't really want to talk about it on here because it was too fresh And there was a lot to process. And I think also, Heather, what you and I are starting to learn is that sometimes it takes a while for you to like really think through, reflect um, on a relationship and what you felt good about, what you didn't feel so good about. Um, So some time has passed. So last spring, um, I was at my point of kind of turning off all of my dating apps. I think everybody goes through this a lot of the time with dating apps. And Heather, I think I had texted you and our other friend and I was basically like, all these men look like ax murderers. I'm done here. And I was ready (laughs) to just turn it all off. I really was close to just, again, like disabling everything. But then of course I matched with Sam, um, right before I could pull the plug on basically a whole lot of nothing. Um, And Sam and I hit it off right away. He was super inquisitive. He was asking me a lot of great questions about my background and my interests. um, And we learned pretty quickly that we had a lot in common. Um, And I like that. I like someone who like comes in strong with a lot of, you know, really wants to get to know who I am. Um, And since I know, I feel like my reputation precedes me a little bit. He lived exactly 30 minutes from my my house. (laughs) And he had no kids, so he was exactly my type as far as um, life and logistics. Um, You know, he was easy for me to go and see. Our schedules were really easy because we just had to work around my custody schedule. So I liked all of this. Questions, proximity, life status, all of that was really good. Um, So Sam and I quickly moved off the app and onto text. After a few days of super chatty, fun texting, we had a FaceTime date, which again, I always like to decide if I really want to go see someone in person. I think um, a FaceTime date is a great way to kind of get a sense of who they are. And I really liked Sam after that call. Um, We kept on texting. We had set a date for a few days later when our schedules lined up. Um, but we also had a super long, like old fashioned phone call until 3am one night. I mean, it was like a four or five hour phone call. I don't talk to anybody on the phone. I do not like talking on the phone most of the time, but we just started talking and talking and it was a lot of fun. So I was excited for this first date. Um, so Sam also planned the date, which Heather, I know you and I always feel like is like super attractive when someone is like, let's go here, let's do this so that we are not the ones planning all of the logistics. Um, so I really like that. And I had wanted to go ax throwing for years, which Sam did not know. So I'm super psyched. He picked an activity that I would really enjoy that I had wanted to do. I was thrilled all the way around. I had a hair appointment scheduled for the day of our date, which is even better. So like things were lining up perfectly. Um, I did break one of my rules and Sam picked me up at my house. 
which living dangerously. I know my hairdresser did not like that. She's a little nervous for me, um, that I was going to get ax murdered, but don't worry. The axes were going to come later. He was not arriving at my home with an ax. So (laughs) everything was fine. Um, I didn't feel nervous or uncomfortable about him picking me up at my house. I know that's not always the best way to go into a first date, but we had talked so much before then I knew who he was in real life. There were no mysteries here. He was pretty open and honest with me. I did not feel uncomfortable. So picked me up and quickly learned that FaceTime, phone call, text, very different than in person. In person was a little bit awkward. I think he felt very comfortable around me and was trying to force this like level of comfort or that we knew each other more. And I'm sitting here going, well, you're still a stranger to me. Like physically, we have not been around each other. Um, and he was trying to hold my hand across the table within like 10 minutes of us sitting at this brewery, which made me super uncomfortable because again, we, we didn't know each other. This was still a first date, a first in-person date. Um, so I was super duper uncomfortable and I did what anybody would do in that situation. And I got super drunk. for drunk. Also not a good idea on a first date that really kind of, um, impacts your choices. Um, so anyway, (laughs) after a flight of years, I was more comfortable, but I don't think that's like the best way to go into a first date. I don't really recommend it, nor do I recommend getting drunk and then going ax throwing also probably not the best choice. Cause it turned out ax throwing is kind of hard. Like you really have to yeah. chuck those axes at the wall. I loved it. I did get some bullseyes. The beer did not, um, impact my throwing or it helped it. I'm not really sure. Um, At some point along the way during this axe throwing, I think Sam and I had some sort of bet going or competition, something about winning and kissing because we definitely kissed at the the axe throwing place at the end of our throwing. So I don't know if I won or if I lost, but we definitely had like kind of a PG makeout in the middle of the axe thing, which was prompted a lot by the beer that I think was still in my system. Yeah. So fine. You know, we had the the first date overall, I was uncomfortable at the beginning, but I had fun, but I also had a lot of alcohol in my system. So it was kind of confusing, but again, we had a lot in common. We had a lot of shared interests. I liked who he was as a person. So we continued dating. He let me know that he had turned all of his apps off and he was not interested in seeing other people. I wasn't really talking to anybody else at that time. So it wasn't really hard for me to also just date him. I think that's fine. I don't have a need to date 20 different people. If I meet someone that I like and I enjoy, I'm fine with just focusing on them. Um, But I will say that's probably the first man I've dated who has so quickly just wanted to focus on me. So that was interesting. Um, (laughs) But I was fine with it. You know, like we were seeing each other a lot over the first few weeks and it was really fun. We were spending time at each other's houses and getting to know each other. Um, and again, we had so much in common that I felt pretty good about it. And then kind of after about a month of dating, I started to notice that most of our time was talking about his life. We were talking about his work, his athletic things that he was doing. He was really into house projects. We talked about those all the time. Um, and it was just a really big switch flipped from how he was when we first met. Um, it started to feel like he wasn't interested in getting to know me anymore. Um, like he saw that he liked me at the beginning and that was enough for him. And he didn't really dig any deeper into who I was at that point. Um, but you know, I'm a hard worker and so I try my best to be supportive. I remember too, around this time that I remember when you all, when you and Sam first started talking, you were so, um, you were, he stood out because he seemed to be making such an effort to ask you so many questions, make time to get to know you. Like, I remember y'all spent a lot of time on FaceTime and, and it seemed really great. And then, yeah, like it, I don't know what happened, but at a certain point, the whole thing turned around. And I remember you saying things like, I don't like, he seems so busy. He's not, things are a little different. And it just makes me think about, I, I feel like a lot of times 
and I don't know if men do this too, but women definitely do where we make excuses for the person we're dating. It's like, oh, they're really busy. They have a lot on their mind. And then you like switch it around. You're like, but I'm busy. I have a lot going on and I'm still making an effort. Um, So it's just, I I don't know. I think it's interesting how we do that. Like we, we expect better from ourselves than we do from the person we're dating sometimes. Absolutely. I'm guilty of that a lot. And it's something I'm working on being better of, you know, making sure that I acknowledge to myself that I am just as important as the person I'm dating. Um, But during that time with Sam, I definitely was just, whoa, he has a lot going on. He has all these projects. I want to be supportive. He, He was in a really busy season with his job. And so I was trying to be there in the right ways, but I was definitely ignoring how I was feeling just in the hopes mostly that, all right, we get through this hurdle and things will calm down for him. And then let me see how he is. Because I think there's a balance too of making a snap decision so quickly, like they're this one way that's not for me. I'm out. And I didn't, I wanted to give it a chance because I knew there was a reason that we met and that we liked each other. But I, you know, I was in a situation of not understanding that during this time and just hoping that we would get through that hurdle and things would get better. So I did, you know, what I do and I'm like, all right, I'm going to show this person how much I like him and I'm going to, he's busy and I'm going to plan this fun um, date night for us and, you know, take some pressure off of his plate. I like to plan things anyway. Um, So I planned a fun date night at a bar that I knew he would like. And then I, I took him out to dinner. Um, so we started at this bar and while we were there having drinks, I basically sat there the whole time while he talked about all of his stuff. He didn't ask me a single question. Um, and I had done other things that day. I'd gone to a museum and, and had a, a fun day. I had brunch with a friend. Like I had other stuff that I had done that day. And I expected, oh, oh, did you see some fun art or how was your friend or anything else? And I don't even know that he really registered that I had done other things. Like it, I didn't get, I, I don't even think I spoke at that bar. I sat and I drank my drinks. He complained about the drinks and didn't like the bar. And that was also frustrating because I, I, I had taken him out there. Like, and so to be kind Planned of- it snobby about where we were at, like was kind of didn't feel so great. Um, and then dinner was fine. And I think it was a little more interactive, but there were also a lot of margaritas involved. So that (laughs) probably helped numb a lot of things that were going on, but it definitely wasn't a fun night out. And I had really been looking forward to it and it just, it did, it didn't go as I had hoped it would. Um, and the next morning I did bring it up to him that, you know, I felt like he wasn't interested in getting to know me. And while he did sort of hear what I was saying, he also turned it around on me and that, and told me he wasn't sure how into him I was, which was really confusing. We had been exclusively dating each other. We had, we talked every day. We spent a lot of time together. I was making a lot of effort. I felt like I had been really communicative, really warm and really engaged. And he was the one who wasn't engaging. So it was really strange for him to feel like I wasn't putting out the right effort or that there was something wrong with me. Um, and I've dealt with that and, you know, past relationships and I have a really hard time advocating for myself in those situations. Um, but again, I just told myself that there was a reason I had started dating him. There were a lot of good things there that I did like about him. Um, and as you know, Heather, we know in the dating world, it's so hard to find someone that you want to go on more than two dates with that yeah. you're interested in as a person, um, that it can be really easy to push some of these things aside because you have finally found someone that you want to date. Um, yeah. so I just did a whole lot of pushing under the rug during that time. Well, and I think you're bringing up something too, that it's always a thing for like something I notice. like I've been in relationships where I've brought up concerns and I feel like they took it seriously. Like their response would be like, oh, I didn't know that you felt that way. Thank you for telling me. And we talked about it. And however, I feel like most of the time when I brought up things like what you just mentioned, hey, this is how I'm feeling. Sometimes the other person will go on the offensive. And instead of like hearing what taking the feedback that you're giving them, 
they turn it around on you. And it's almost like they're projecting their own themselves onto you. And they, it's like they go on the attack and you walk away feeling frustrated because it's like, I tried to address this issue I'm having and I feel like it just totally got dismissed, you know, and not taken seriously. And I feel like that's, to me, that's a significant relationship skill. I think that's like one good learning to take out of experiences like that with other people is that when someone brings something to you, that's not necessarily the right time for you to bring up all of your issues with the person. Like you need to make sure that you hear what they're trying to say to you and not go on the offensive and tell them why they're wrong. Cause that's just not, that's not going to work in a relationship. I don't think. Yeah. And I think that is a very good observation of what was happening here. Clearly like, you know, maybe he thought things were going great and my bringing it up made him like kind of panic a little Mm -hmm. bit and again, turn it back around on me. I mean, who knows, but, um, it was definitely frustrating. And I also around this time was starting to realize that Sam didn't really understand who I was or how I operated. And I think again, kind of four to six weeks into exclusively dating someone, they should have a pretty good read on your personality and kind of how you tick. And, um, I started to kind of pick up on that. He didn't, didn't get me. Um, we went to, I was thinking of this the other day, I was like working on a home project and it reminded me of a trip to home Depot with Sam where I got really frustrated because I'm a little introverted. I'm a little shy and I have no problem wandering around a store to find what I want. I will probably never ask anybody who works there where something is. This is how I operate. And I'm happy as I do it. I'm completely fine in my world of wandering. If we are not in a hurry, it is fine. And I was looking for a specific type of paint. And he was also looking for paint. And I was looking around this Home Depot to see where they had this specific paint because every Home Depot puts things in different places. And I'm wandering and looking for it. And he ended up like, I don't know if he felt like he was saving me by intervening, but he ended up like, asking someone who worked there for something I'm looking for, but he had the type, he had it wrong of what I was looking for. And so it was kind of just like this embarrassing interaction of him asking for something that quite wasn't what I wanted anyway. And so the person points out what I'm not really looking for. And then he, Sam just looks at me and goes, well, there you go. Which one do you want? And I'm like, well, no, this, this isn't what I'm looking And I'm trying to like back out of this situation because I'm so uncomfortable that he kind of took over for me when I didn't need anyone to take over for me. It made me uncomfortable and it made me feel like he thought I needed him to save me or I couldn't do it on my own. And it was just really uncomfortable for me. I remember him doing that a lot. Like I, and I think it, it's something that we do. This is again, like a a thing that women deal with. I feel like quite often is that sometimes the men in our lives, it's almost like they come from this position of, you don't know about this, you know, like they don't ask permission to like go in there. Like, I I think it's better to ask one, Hey, are you, do you want help with us? Like ask, because sometimes people don't, you know, and, and also he's assuming he knows more about it than you do, which is not necessarily true. But I remember he did that with other things too, where you'd bring up some issue and you were handling it. And he was like, well, why don't you have me do it? Or why don't you you should do it this way? He made fun of me for hiring a plumber to clean out my shower drain, for hiring a pest control company to deal with a WAF situation. He's like, why don't you just go and kill the WAFs yourself? I'm like, because that's not what I do. I can take care of my home. I can take care of my things. And I think that frustrated him too, that I didn't ask for him because he was very handy. And that was something I found attractive about him that he could, he did so many great things around his home. He had the skill sets, he had the tools, he could teach me how to do things. I love that kind of stuff. And that's how we really connected early on. And there were a couple of things that he did around my house that I was super happy, happy for his help with. And it was something that I was learning from, or he was going to teach me how to back tile my backslash in my kitchen, which I'm real sad never happened. Um, (laughs) but that would have been a project where he, we would have done it together and I would have learned a new skill, which is very different than somebody coming and trying to like, like, I don't need you pulling a ball of hair out of my shower drain. Like that's disgusting for starters. And I can hire a, can hire somebody to do that. It's not an emergency. I'm fine. I have it taken care of. And he would just make fun of me for, for 
being an adult and managing my home. And I think it was just kind of a defense mechanism for him being frustrated that I didn't need him in the way that he clearly wanted to be needed. Yeah. And what's funny, I was a very clear communicator that I'm like, I don't, we're just getting to know each other. And I do not want the dynamic in this relationship to be you needing to do that. I'm relying on you to do things around my home or that I'm using you in that way or whatever it is that made me uncomfortable because you know, we're not living together. We're not married. You, you have no ownership over my home and you're not responsible for it. And I don't, I would never want to be in a dynamic in a relationship where I needed someone in that way, Yeah. because also you don't know how long that relationship will last and then they're gone. And then the person who was fixing your home for you is not available to you anymore. So there were a lot of layers to that, where it was just very frustrating how he started to approach me in the I'll come in and save the day and do the things and bring the tools when I wasn't asking for that type of help. Cause I was being very careful about those boundaries. So yeah. there were just, yeah, a lot of things where it just, it, I started to get uncomfortable about what was happening in this relationship. And if this person I was dating really saw and understood who I was or how I was, and quite honestly, it was a little frustrating because I feel like most men in his situation would not want a woman relying on them to do all this stuff for them. And I tried to be so clear, like I value you as a person, but you're not my worker or my handyman. So we're not going to yeah. do that. I thought that was like a really mature way. Cause it would have been super easy for me to be like, here, I have 10 things in my house. I really need to have fixed come do them. I would have loved that from the point of needing things done around my house, but not with the relationship I was trying to build with someone, it wasn't comfortable. So again, we did, we don't, we've known each other, what, six weeks? Like, no, like, yeah. you're not, you're not coming in with your tool belt every time you come into my house. Like that's not okay. Um, so again, like Sam and I continued to date. It was f- fun. Some of the time, other times, again, it was, it was frustrating. It was frustrating to be around someone that didn't really seem to engage or interact with me. And I also started to notice that when we would have more fun times, we were drinking. And I also don't like that in a relationship. I don't like substances to be a huge part of spending time with someone. I think it's fun to go out for drinks. I think it's fun to have quiet nights in where you're not drinking at all. And you're just who you are without anything altering how you're acting or feeling. And the nights, if, if we weren't drinking, it was definitely like watching a movie and not talk like it, it wasn't very engaged or checked in. So I was, I was definitely struggling. And, you know, we hadn't met each other's friends or anything at that point. So we're also kind of dating in that bubble where you're like, no one else has met this person and you don't really have kind of another set of eyes or ears, which I think can be really helpful. Um, but right around four months or so of dating, um, Heather, you came over to my house for a little dinner party, um, and to meet Sam. Yeah, I was excited to meet him because I'd heard so much about him. And so I wanted to see, like, he was the first person since you and I reconnected that had stuck or, you know, like that had been a sticky, um, where y'all, y'all had invested time in getting to know each other. And it was a real thing. So I was really interested to get to know him after I'd heard all of this, you know, I've been hearing all these stories about him secondhand. Yeah. And I was excited too. Like we, we made a nice dinner and we had some wine um, and, you know, Sam was excited to meet you. Um, or so he told me, um, because I had talked about you a, a, a lot during that time. And so it was, again, I was excited. I was excited to see how he interacted. I had noticed sometimes at when we were at restaurants or things like that, like some of his interactions with the servers were a little quirky. So again, I was curious to see like what he was, um, like around one of my friends. Um, And I can say from my perspective, I definitely cringed a lot during that dinner that, um, you know, Sam was a little bit of an oversharer with some of the stories that he told. Um, and some of them were a little, I would say not the best dinner conversation. Um, Heather, I don't know if you had any, any takes on that dinner. Well, I, um, I remember sitting there and being just kind of surprised because I remember sitting there and I was like, "Mm, I don't think he's that great. Like when we were, cause he was, he was talking and, and telling stories that were really in poor taste. I would say, I remember he, you and I, cause we've known each other a long time. We would bring up stories, you know, that you and I had experienced together. And he w- had a really strange reaction to it of saying things like, well, you didn't tell me about that. I didn't, why don't I know about this? And on the inside, I was like, I don't like you talking to my friend like that. And I also 
you've only known her four months. And I, I met Laura over 10 years ago. Like, I, I, I don't understand. Like usually when you're dating someone and you have dinner with one of their friends, especially someone they've known a while, it's an opportunity to get to know them better. You know, like there's no, I, I, I don't know. Like it almost felt like anytime his status as like your closest person felt threatened, like he had a really strange reaction to it. Like, well, why, why isn't it me? Why isn't it? It, it like, it always came back to that. And I, I really, I remember walking away from that dinner being like, I don't know if this is the guy for Laura, like maybe she'll date him for a little bit longer, but I don't, I don't see, I did not see you being, you know, you, know, you think about the person you're dating. Like, do you think they're great? Do you want to be more like them? Do you admire them? And that was not happening in that situation. I was like, he's not that great. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I sat there during that dinner and I was just like, oh, I mean, it was, it was painful. It was a little painful at certain points where I was embarrassed by some of the things that he was saying. And I'm just like sitting there. And again, some of them were stories that I had heard, which is fine, but definitely not what you would again, trot out when you're trying to impress your girlfriend's friend. Like it didn't make any sense. And I think some of that possessiveness also was coming out in other ways around that time. I remember having mentioned that I might, you know, go travel and see my family for Thanksgiving. Mind you, it's like July at this point. And he got Mm -hmm. upset with me over it. And he was just like, well, what if I want to spend Thanksgiving with you? And I'm like, well, A, I don't know that we'll be dating by then. And B, your family lives here and mine doesn't. So I don't have a lot of opportunities to see my family and see my choice of who I spend my holidays with. So back off, like it was really tacky. Um, and maybe a little uncomfortable of, you know, usually the person you're dating would be like, Oh, that's so great that you're going to, I'll miss you. But so nice that you're going to get that time with your family. Um, but to be upset over it was just really strange. Like I see you all the time. So seeing you at Thanksgiving really isn't that big of a deal one way or the other. Yeah. I see you every week. I see my parents twice a year. Like let's, you know, right pick an appropriate response to my girlfriend is going to see your family. <laughs> like, so yeah. that was a little, that was a little strange. So there are definitely, again, some rumblings around this kind of four month mark where I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Sam and I did have a trip planned um, summer and we were trying to, to go do something fun. And I had recommended a location that I thought would be fun and had done some research around it. And then he got super upset about the location and saying that the Airbnb was too expensive, which it really wasn't. Um, So he picked a different city that I didn't want to go to, but he chose it. He was like, this will be great. Let's go. He picked a hotel by the airport in this city we were going to go to. And I was like, no. And he kind of accused me of being like too fancy. And I'm like, well, no, I just want to like stay in the city center, if I'm going to go to a city where we can walk to things like that's, you know, I let me find a place. And so I ended up planning this trip. I picked the hotel. I chose the places we were going to visit. I researched restaurants because his birthday was around that time. So I wanted to plan a nice birthday dinner for him. Um, at the last minute, my dog got super sick. So we had to choose between canceling or bringing her. I did not want to bring her, but we also knew that this was kind of our last chance to go on a trip that summer because of our schedules. So I used my hotel points and I switched us to a dog friendly hotel. So after he agreed with me that we would still go on the trip, he had the option not to go. And I said, it was completely fine if we didn't, but we decided to go along with a sick dog and what could go wrong. Right. Well, Uh, plenty, (laughs) plenty could go wrong. I I think it's the answer. God, Um, so bad. It was bad. It was a bad trip. Um, you know, but I was excited going into it in that I'm like, all right, we'll get a few days together. Like maybe this will be the the moment where Sam really taps into dating me and being with present with me because we're not at each other's houses. We're not focused on his house projects. There are, there isn't any of this yeah. noise around us. It's just him and I like a three hour road trip, um, to this city that he really wanted to visit. Um, I won't say where we went because I don't want to bash. I'm sure it's a great place. I never want to go back. Um, So I got, I thought this could be good for us. I definitely knew that it could be a turning point either way. Um, I do think that traveling with someone is a great way to really understand how you connect with them and if they're a good fit because people travel in different ways. And I think it's always really eye opening. Um, So 
I, I learned that basically of any trip I have ever taken, this is probably one of the worst trips I've ever been on. Um, and I'm like leveling that up there, right. With, um, when I was about eight, my parents rented a cabin on a swamp. Um, we all got sunburned and it was really miserable. This weekend trip was probably just as miserable. Um, for, to start off, he really didn't want the dog there, which again, we had the option not to go. It was either bring her with, or we don't go because I could not board her. Um, and he didn't want to take her anywhere with us. I found that there were a lot of breweries there. I found breweries that were dog friendly. We could have taken her with us, um, at least to get her out of the hotel. She's not used to being created that much. So it was hard to leave her behind. She's still a puppy. She's still young. Um, he had no interest in bringing her anywhere. So she spent a lot of time in the hotel room. And when we would come back after two or three hours out doing something, I would get her and I would take her and I would take her on a walk. He would never join me on the walk. He would flop into bed, watch TV, and then make catty comments to me asking why I was walking her since I never walked her at home, which is not true. I walk her all the time. So he's making fun of me for doing what I need to do to take care of this living thing. He was saying that I was needier than her. It was all in my head. She was fine. Dogs can't tell time. Mind you, this is a person who used to have a dog who called his dog, his pretty, pretty princess and would talk about his dead dog. Like she's the best dog ever in the world. My dog, I am needy and difficult and causing problems. And I'm like, well, no, she just, she's anxious. Like yeah. she's alone in this hotel room. She doesn't know what's going on. And we're leaving lifetime movies on for her. Like, it's not okay. <laughs> so, um, that was kind of the whole weekend. He did very little planning, made no decisions about where we would go, made snide comments to me, um, made fun of me, um, the bath, like the hotel room was tiny. The bathroom was very loud. He would make fun of me when I went to the bathroom. Like, I mean, it was like beyond anything. I think I have experience of traveled with partners before. I'm really easy to travel with Heather. You've traveled with yeah. me. I think I'm like, I'm pretty laid back. I didn't want to yeah. go to this city anyway. So I didn't care what we did, but I wanted to make sure we were doing things. Otherwise, why were we there? Um, yeah. I made a point one night. I'm like, can you plan? It's like our last night here. I had taken him to a nice dinner the night before. I'm like, can you plan something nice for us to do or something romantic? The city had a beautiful, like lit up bridge that was supposed to be very romantic to walk on. He made fun of me for that. We never actually walked across that bridge at night. Um, I asked him to like plan a dinner or plan something or whatever. We went to like the most well-known brewery there, which is fine. And then I'm like, well, I'm hungry. I also learned on this trip, he didn't really eat very much. And it'd be like 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm ravenous and I need food. And then he'd be giving me a hard time about it. And I'm like, well, people eat like, this is what, like, I need, yeah. to, I need to eat something. I need some coffee. Like these are normal things. Um, so that last night I ended up finding a good Mexican restaurant for us to go to after drinks, um, that was nearby that turned out to be really good because he couldn't even like pick up place. I mean, it was, I was just like, get me out of here. This is terrible. Um, he fell, he fell so far. Like I remember the way it started. And then by the time it got to this point, it was just like, what is wrong with him? Like he was just not, he was not being nice to you. He wasn't making any kind of effort. Um, and I don't think you were asking for anything out of bounds. Like you were just asking for him to be nice to like, that's why you date someone is to treat them well and to make them happy. And like, it just felt like that was not on his radar at all. Like he wasn't trying to make you happy. He wasn't trying to bring a smile to your face. Yeah. It was just, I was, I was, I was miserable. Also, again, I didn't enjoy having the dog there. Like it was a thing, you know, she's a living thing I have to take care of on top of everything else. But quite honestly, my favorite part was when we would get back to the room, I'd grab the dog, I'd take her in the elevator, which I thought was so adorable. And I would take her and walk around the block. I enjoyed that time more than I enjoyed my time with him. Um, and I think he was definitely like, he picked up that I wasn't happy. He also was so surprised that like, I didn't really want any physical intimacy during that trip because I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm not liking you right now. And he got a little pushy about that. And I was like, no, no, thank you. Like you're not being nice to me. This trip is not enjoyable. 
I do not feel any form of affection towards you, yeah. quite honestly. And he got like, and got cut almost to the point where it was a little pushy. And I was like, no, like that's, that's not okay. And you're not fun on this trip. I don't like you on this trip. So it was finally time to go home, which was quite honestly a relief. Um, and what was funny was that the way there we were, you know, chit-chatting and listening to funny podcasts and all of this stuff. And on the way back for like three hours, he listened to a baseball game on the radio. And I was very happily just sitting there quietly with the dog sleeping in my lap and just like, get me home. I'm done here. And I think we both were just like, let's just end this trip. Um, yeah. Well, I remember our friend, you know, cause the three, we have three of us that, that text pretty regularly, I would say every day. And you'd been sending us those updates during the trip and our other friend and myself, we were like, Oh, this is not good. This is not going well. I feel like this is over. You remember our friend and I were both like, <laughs> and I think that's when you first started like actually saying out loud, I don't know if this person is for me. I really don't know about that. Yeah. Um, it was, it was the, the turning point that quite honestly, I probably needed to have happened. So again, I'm glad the trip happened, even though it was a miserable waste of money and time. Um, at least like it got out into the open, what I think needed to get out in the open, which was that time together to really see someone's true colors and all of the colors were shown up for that yeah. weekend. Um, so a few days later I told him we needed to talk. We talked on the phone. I told him how I was feeling. I was, you know, frustrated and it, it was a very like open, honest, mature conversation, no finger pointing, but I was said, I, you know, I didn't feel like I'm being heard. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not happy. Um, you know, he said that he understood how I was feeling that he also didn't enjoy the trip. Um, and we pseudo kind of made some sort of peace or kind of were still together. Um, but then after the call, I was just like, I don't really think he heard me. I don't really feel good about this. Like, I don't really think he understood because I think there were still a lot of pieces of like, well, I feel this way about, you know, like he was still bringing his stuff into it. And I'm like, no, I have been engaged, involved and invested here. Like, Either you like me or you don't, that's fine, but don't try and claim that I'm not putting in equal effort here because that's not true. So a couple of days later, I'm like, we need to talk again. Um, And he told me like how sad he was about our call from the other night. And he told me he cried about it or something. And I was like, okay. Um, And I basically just said, no, you know, like, I don't think this is the relationship for me. I really think it's better if we end it. Um, and he's like, Oh, I don't want that. No. And I was like, well, no, um, (laughs) I think this was at the point too, where he had told me that one of the things that he was uncertain about with me, with how much I liked him was that I didn't give him super warm hugs. When I, um, greeted him, he likes a nice greeting and I didn't provide a good enough of a greeting. So he really didn't know how much I liked him. And I was like, that's you're grasping at this point. Like, I don't think a hug really makes a relationship. And it's not that I didn't hug him. They just weren't warm enough. He also told me on that phone call. What is the Olaf? Like, I don't get any (laughs) warm hugs. I don't know. He also told me on that, I think that last phone call, and this really kind of riled me up. He was like, you don't look at a lot of my house projects. You don't look at a lot of the things I do. Now, mind you, I had picked pink colors. I had picked deck colors. I had picked tile. You've done a lot of projects just over the time where we had been dating. And I looked at everything. We talked about everything like, but I don't live in this. It's not my house. It's your house. Like, I don't need to look at every single wall that you've painted. It's your home. And I'm happy for you that you are doing things in your house but it's not my responsibility to validate every single little thing that you do. And also I did all of that anyway. So I was like, no, you're not going to tell me that I didn't look at your, did you look at my stuff during that time? No, you don't even remember basic facts about me. So we're not, no. Well, he just seemed like his go-to is tearing you down. Yeah. You know? And then to me, like that just read as being so insecure And so like, he didn't feel good about himself. And so he just has to drag everybody down around him instead of like, cause I feel like when you're confident and secure and someone says, Hey, this is a problem for me. 
it's a lot easier for a confident person to say, oh, thank you for telling me. I'll work on that. Whereas someone who's insecure, like a lot of times it doesn't go well. They don't take that feedback and they go on the offensive, tell you why you're wrong. Mm -hmm. When like, you know what? It would just be easier if everyone would just listen to each other, take it seriously and not like. I, I don't know. Like he just handled that in such a way that was I thought was really terrible <laughs> and like just made it clear that you were making the right decision. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was real easy at that point. So I did have to see him one last time um, because I had a lot of things at his house that I had to go pick up. Um, so about a week after we broke up, um, I went to his house to pick up those things. He had wanted to have dinner, which I thought was kind of strange. Like, why are we having dinner? And I tried to get him to like meet me halfway and, but he couldn't leave because he's working on house projects. So I could only meet him at his house so we could order in food. And I was like, fine, buy me dinner, whatever. Um, and he had to show me the stuff around his house that he had done since I had been there last because I cared so much, um, but fine. And during that dinner, you know, we talked about the breakup or why we were breaking up or whatever. And he just kept on saying, well, it's just lack of chemistry. Um, it's just lack of chemistry between us. Um and then, you know, he could just never tell if I liked him enough, which is baloney. It's not true. Again, I was very open. It's not a lack of chemistry. It's a lack of your ability to date me in a way that's appropriate and kind yeah. um, and open and engaging. Um, and kind of one of the last things he said to me was, well, you're really pretty. All right. I mean, I don't know if men think that's what we want to hear, but I would rather he had said, I really enjoyed getting to know you. You seem like, you know, you're an interesting person. I was really interested in who you were. I'm sorry that we're not a good fit. Like there are so many other things that you could say other than, well, I like your face. Okay. So you really only ever liked my face and you never really took the time to get to know me or like me as a person because you just liked my face and that was enough for you. And I really think that kind of summarized our relationship. Sam liked yeah. my face. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you like checked all the boxes of like, oh, this is a good person for me to be in a relationship with like superficially, except he wasn't, he didn't actually want to be in a relationship. Like he just wanted the, the structure of it or the comfort of it. Um, but obviously he didn't have the relationship skills or, and didn't want to learn them to like, actually like that, that actually you have to invest, um, for that to be real or else it's just never going to work. It's never going to work. It's always going to end up in a breakup and people being sad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So why do you feel like you let yourself, um, like you, you made yourself less important, like put yourself on the back burner, trying to prioritize him so much during this. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I touched on that earlier that that is kind of a a bad habit of mine in relationships where I have a hard time making myself as important. I think also as a mom, I'm used to putting so many people before myself that in relationships, I think it kind of is an easy mode for me to get into of, oh, you know, they've got, cause I can sit back and assess like, oh, that person has a lot going on right now. And, you know, my circus happening in my house, I'm used to it. And it's just, it's just kind of, of where I don't acknowledge that it might be as chaotic or busy or that I might need someone to take care of me. I'm not used to anybody taking care of me quite honestly. So it's very easy to go into that mode of what do, what does that person need? And so I think I just kind of did that again. I liked that initial impression I had of Sam that, there were so many things that, you know, made up who he was that I really did like a lot. I liked who he was and I wanted to build on that. I wanted to give it a chance to turn into more. And so I was, and I, I also was so uncomfortable with this idea of like, pay attention to me, look at me like that feels so uncomfortable for me and so needy. And yeah. I know I wasn't being needy. I can sit back and like, like, no, like conversations are two-way streets. And he was having just a bunch of one-way conversations with himself when we would go out. Like I was, I I was fully within my right to say, I don't really feel like you're seeing me or engaging me or acknowledging me, but it always just felt like, pay attention to me. I'm here. And I, I just couldn't do it. And so I just kind of was like, all right, I liked this person. Let me invest. Let me see, let me give it a chance. I think it's important in dating to give things a chance. I think it can be really easy to immediately write some, somebody off if it's not exactly what you want or how you want it to be. And making reasons to end relationships can be super easy right now to like, all right, well, 
they don't like the color blue. Let me move on. Like there, I think there's, it's important to give somebody a chance. And I was really making an effort to do that. And I do think that the three or four months that we dated was a good amount of time to go from someone you've met who you initially liked who they were to give it a chance. And I think when it ended was the appropriate time for it (laughs) to end based on, um, kind of what had transpired, but I gave it a chance. So I feel good about that. You and I have talked a little bit about over dating, like when you just get comfortable with that. Cause like, it's true going back out in the apps and like going on a ton of terrible first dates and talking to men who are not so nice. And you know, like it, it's kind of a free for all. Nobody likes going back to that, you know? So sometimes that can make you like stay in a B plus relationship longer just cause you don't want to deal with that. Um, but you seem like you made a really good, like you didn't stretch this out. Like you and I have both been guilty in the past of dating someone where it was a dead end for too long. Um, how do you feel like the way that you, like when you called it, do you feel like you waited too long? Do you feel like you overdated or how do you feel this was different from maybe in the past? Yeah, I definitely don't think I overdated. Um, I do think I agree with you that you can get comfortable in something and that is nicer than the alternative of the unknown in the dating world. And Sam and I were definitely kind of, you know, in a, in a comfortable space. We had a good routine of the days that we saw each other. I had things, you know, toiletries at his house and a dog crate. And, you know, he was always so open and welcoming and welcoming me into his space, which I really enjoyed. And so there were certain elements that were super comfortable and nice, like to not the thought of starting over again and again is really draining. Um, so maybe that helped me stay a little bit longer, but again, like I think three or four months is a, if it's a good amount of time to really give somebody a chance and to kind of make a decision about how you feel. And again, I learned a a lot from that experience. So I don't think it was a bad experience on the whole. Um, cause I definitely learned more about what I was looking for, how I want to be treated in a relationship. Um, so I, you know, there were a lot of good takeaways from that. Um, but I do wish I had advocated for myself in a better way during that time, for sure. You feel like, so looking back over, you know, sometimes there are relationships and I, I know I certainly feel this way. There are some, people that I had in my life, you know, in a relationship manner that I look back on it and it, it kind of hurts. Like I think about the things that happened during that relationship. Maybe they weren't so nice to me, or maybe they didn't make me feel so great. How do you look back on this one? Like, was it, do you look back on this with fondness? Is it something that you, that kind of feels hurtful to you or how do, as you look back on this, what is your take on this with some hindsight? I feel incredibly neutral. <laughs> That's good. I don't feel sad. I don't feel mad because quite honestly, I think so much of what transpired was really about him and very little to do about, like, I don't feel bad about myself in that situation. I feel like I carried myself well. I was as good of a communicator as I could be. I was open to a new experience. I feel like I was warm, even though he may not have um, acknowledged that. Like, I feel like I brought my best self to this relationship. Um, and what transpired was really his issues. And I think insecurities coming out that he needed to deal with or needs to deal with. Um, so I don't feel bad about it at all. It was quite honestly, very easy to, to move on and start dating again. So that didn't trip me up in any way where I felt like I needed a pause or anything. It wasn't long enough of a relationship where I felt that hurt by things not working out or that I felt super sad about it. I mean, a week after the break up when I went to go pick up my stuff. I had three other dates that weekend because I just started dating again. And he, and he knew that. And he was like making fun of me for it. He was like, Oh, you had a date. Didn't you? And I'm like, yep, did another one tomorrow. Like, what do you want from me? Um, so I definitely had no problem moving on and moving forward. Um, I, I think I learned a lot. I hope he learned things, but I think based on our conversations, it's hard to suss out if he really got where I was coming from. But I do think that I communicated, you know, my, my feelings, especially in the breakup, I was super proud of, I think as far as relationships ending, I think that is my best breakup I've ever had (laughs) Uh where again, I, we had the initial talk and then I thought about it and I realized that I didn't want to, cause I could have dragged it on. We could have continued dating after I had told him after the trip, how I wasn't happy. 
I don't think he would have done anything to end the relationship. So I think we, we could have continued on for another couple months. Then that would have been over dating at that point. Um, but I like took a step back, really thought about how I was feeling. And then I was like, no, I need to talk to him again. And I really need to end it. Cause I remember getting off of that phone call with him and messaging you and our other friend. And I was like, all right, I ended it. And you both are like, what? Um, because I just knew that like, as he and I started talking, it just came out. And I'm like, I just, I need to, I need to do this. This is not working for me. I need to be out of this situation. But again, I wasn't, you know, there were no low blows. I wasn't hurtful. I was just like, this isn't the right relationship for me to be in. And it's probably not the right relationship for you to be in. And I was like, it's just time to, to move on. So I feel really good about that. And I think that also when you get to that point of dating where like, you are in the, like, I was in the right headspace for dating and dating like an adult and being open and all of those things. So seeing how it ended, I feel really good about how I, you know, worked through it all. Yeah. What do you, what do you feel like is your big takeaway looking back on that? Like your big lesson or your big takeaway from your time with Sam? Well, this is, you know, kind of an interesting angle, but I definitely think bringing the dog on the trip was really helpful in the end because I got to see kind of a different, again, he was around my dog a lot. Um, I would always bring her over to his house. Um, so it's not that I had never seen him around her or anything. She loved him. It was real sweet, but I got to see how he could handle maybe like not being first in line on that trip. And, you know, as a parent with kids where he had talked about maybe meeting my kids one day and all of these things and dating someone who doesn't have children and them understanding my priorities or how I have to act. The dog is kind of a substitute for that. So seeing how he engaged or interacted with her on that trip or how salty he got about certain things related to her was a really helpful, I think for me in how I assessed that weekend. So while again, I wish I didn't have to bring her and it was not fun for me to have her on that trip. It really helped me understand like what kind of a partner he could have been if he was more involved in my life and, you know, around my kids or if we had ever gotten to that point. Um, So I think that was kind of helpful of just thinking about different scenarios or situations in a relationship where you can see different sides of somebody because when you're dating in this bubble where you're just like at each other's houses and obviously you're not around each other's kids for a long time. If you're, you know, when you're dating somebody to be able to see how they interact to different stressors or different situations where maybe they're not number one, um, I think is really helpful and something that will be something I will file away in the back of my head for future partners of kind of looking for, you know, how somebody can handle, you know, things changing at the last minute or, you know, how flexible are they, things like that. So I think at the end of it all, even though I was, I even, I think Heather, I even tried to get you to take the dog, but I think you were out of town that weekend. Like, yeah, I was looking for anybody to like, take care of this dog. I was really wanted to go on this trip. I felt like this trip was important. Um, but I really do think having her along helped shape my perception and understanding of who Sam was as a person. Um, and that was really helpful. So yeah, not, I mean, not what I expected, but <laughs> I mean, if he would have been there, it- on the good side, I think he would have seen it as an opportunity to step up and like show, cause like things happen when you're dating someone where you have an opportunity to step up and show them that you can be giving and caring and thoughtful in circumstances that are less than ideal. And like, honestly, as far as life goes, bringing a dog on a weekend fun trip is not a huge obstacle, you know? And if that's how he reacts to something that's fairly minor, and, you know, it's just an inconvenience. And how's he going to act when something serious is going on? Well, that was my concern too. And what I had kind of been seeing some signs of where I was a little worrisome that again, he was somebody who I knew was good around kids, but I was very worried by some of the comments he made that he would feel a little jealous of my kids. If he was ever around them, that he would want more of my attention or my focus and I kind of think that was spot on. And again, through, through certain comments he made and then through how he engaged with the dog on that weekend, um, or quite honestly, anytime I was at his house, which was a lot, um, again, she's my dog, she's my responsibility. 
but it would have been nice on occasion if he had offered to like take her outside or like anything like that. Like he loved her as long as he didn't have to do anything for her, which again, she's mine, my responsibility, but it is kind of showing and telling like how somebody is in certain situations. Do they see you? Do they see how, like, I'm always looking with partners. How can I be helpful or lighten their load a little bit or do something nice for them? And there, there was never any reciprocation back of like, Oh, I bet Laura would love to sleep in this morning. I'll go take the dog out. Like that never happened. Um, and though, again, those are just kind of like little, really easy things that you can do for your partner that I wasn't getting from him in any way, shape or form. So again, the the dog is a, a good little litmus test of like how somebody can prioritize or think about their partner a different way, or, you know, just, yeah, very, very, very telling. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's it. That that was Sam. Yeah. Yep. Glad we're done with Sam. He was a, a good little learning experience for all of us, but glad that he is uh you know put out to pasture. <laughs> and he wasn't an axe axe murderer, so no. all were safe um there. And there were literal axes on the first date, and I didn't get murdered, so that was nice. Perfect. Um learned a lot. Um, and definitely again, no regrets, but, um, I'm definitely glad that relationship came to a close. Ooh, that was quite the story. (laughs) I have to say that self-absorbed Sam is a great one for us to bring back because I feel like we reference him so often in other episodes. And I think part of that is because he was a nice person. He didn't necessarily treat me poorly in like a really like significant way. It was like little things, but he wasn't a horrible, bad, bad person. And I feel like a lot of the mishaps with him are just like really common things that you do encounter in dating. Yeah, no, it's true. It it is funny. Like I, I know we've laughed about this a lot. His name comes up a lot, I would say in like at least a quarter or more of the recent episodes. I guess there are a lot of lessons that we learn. Yeah. Again, Laura's in my dating lives. It's we, it's not you. It's we <laughs> learned from your experience with Sam. I guess we learned a lot from that. Mm-hmm. Or we had a lot to say, I guess. What was your first thought after re-listening to this? Again, it just feels like a million years ago in so many ways it is because I was so different during that time and really trying to figure things out. And I think overall, I was just really hopeful. Like I, I don't, exclusively date somebody that I didn't think was a good kind person who would treat me well. Like I really went into things with really great intentions. And I do think that he did as well. Like, I don't think there was malintent on his part. I think he just wasn't in the great place to date. And that really impacted me in a lot of different ways. But I mean, it, again, it just feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, well, it really does because, and I mentioned this on another episode, but it struck me again re-listening to this when you were like re-listening to the details and all the things that happen. Wow. You know, like I think about Tyler, who you're dating right now, and this guy and the distance between the two of them in terms of the kind of person they are, it could not be bigger mm-hmm. or could not be a bigger difference. Yeah, I think definitely if that relationship had continued I would have more and more felt uncomfortable sharing things in my life with him because Sam didn't treat me very well. And it took me a long time to see that he wasn't treating me very well. And I think about how Tyler is with me and I can tell him anything and there's no judgment and there's the right kind of support and all of that. And I wasn't getting, I was getting judgment and no support from Sam for most things where he was making fun of me for saying, I mean, it was just like, not nice. He was not nice to me in a lot of ways. And I can't imagine putting myself in that situation now. Yeah. Like now that you say that, I remember he used to neg you a lot. Like if, mm-hmm. if anyone has I've never heard of that term, it's short for being negative. And it's this thing where whoever you're dating, like tears you down, like makes negative comments about you or snarky comments about you on a regular basis. And it's like, wow, this isn't very nice. And he did that a lot to you. Yeah. That was not great. Um, So was that the only situation where I remember, I think at the beginning he made kind of a lot of effort, like he fell so far. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that is what confused me so much because he was 
saying the right things and putting in the right amount of effort in a way that felt like normal and comfortable and great. And I was like, all right, I'm like open to this. And this seems like a really nice person and he's planning dates and he seems wants to really wants to get to know me in a real way. And it all seemed to make sense. Um, and that's where it was just so confusing because it switched and I, I didn't know what to do with that because I don't know how you go so hot and cold. Yeah. I remember at the beginning, he was making an incredible amount of effort and he fell so far soon, not long after y'all started dating. Now, what do you, what do you make of that? What do you think that meant? I think there was a lot of insecurity. I think lack of great dating skills. And I think a lot of insecurity as well, where, um, I don't think he was comfortable enough with himself and then parlayed that into not being able to trust that I was into it, which was just not true because I was being pretty open and honest, but I think he got in his, I think he got in his head about a lot of things. Now we've talked about a term called a hiring manager. Can you talk a little bit about what that means and how that was coming into play here? I think you had a great early episode. And I don't know if we're going to touch on this one or not, but Harry, the hiring manager, and again, somebody who dates with a checklist. And I think Sam was also one who dated with a a bit of a checklist of, you know, did they, are they attractive? Do they have a good job? Is their life together? I think those were things that Sam was looking for that I, I checked off of his list. And I think once he saw that, I don't think he wanted to really dig any deeper because I was acceptable in those ways. He was attracted to me. He could tell his family that I had a good job. You know, I had the kids and our life is very put together. And, you know, people, as I'm sure you learned as well, Heather, people, when they learn you're divorced and you've got kids, they want to know what your co-parenting relationship is. I feel like I'm always, whether it's someone I'm dating or not dating, they're always vetting that. Well, is the dad around? Is he good to them? People always want to know that. And I think he was looking for those things. Like, does that seem solid and stable are there issues like all of this stuff and so when I all of that was checked off I think he was like all right well good this is she meets my requirements I am not going to to look any further into anything else and just date her and then worry about I mean all he did was then focus on himself (laughs) I think you were his trophy girlfriend because remember he also his big his big takeaway from this was you're really pretty yeah there was a lot of that I think you were his trophy girlfriend. Like to me, that's what it looks like from the outside. I'm I'm here. This is now you're going to watch a live example of friends getting each other riled up, which we've also (laughs) discussed. I think you were his trophy girlfriend because I, I do. I totally agree with your assessment. I think you had a checklist. You have a good job. You are really pretty to use his words. You know, you take care of yourself. You are a great mom. Like, I think there were all these things that he was looking for. You checked off the list and he was like, okay, I'm done. But then he didn't go to the extra mile of like actually getting to know you as a person. It was like the form of it. Like you make him look good. And I I really think that's as far as it went. And it just took a minute to realize that. Yeah. And there was a early on there was a lot of him like he literally had shown my picture to I think anybody he talked to the neighbors had all seen my picture all of his co he all of his co-workers had seen my picture like there was a work happy hour and they had all this was before we had even met I think all of the co-workers had seen my face I was like oh okay that's that's a lot. Um, that is a lot. So yes, I think there was like a superficial piece of things on his side where that that was kind of I think maybe all he was really looking for, not really who I was. And I want someone who obviously wants to like really get to know me on a deeper level. So if we go out to dinner or drinks, like we have things to talk about because that was our issue. There was nothing ever to talk about because he wasn't actually interested in talking about me or my life or what I was doing. It was all his stuff because he didn't really want to get to know me. Yeah. And then you were out because you made a good decision. Now, what would you have done differently? And looking back, what do you feel like would have what would you have done differently with Sam? Yeah, again, I think I had a a hard time seeing how he wasn't nice to me because I was like, oh, this is a nice person. And I like all of, and again, if he listens to this and if he, 
I, we think I our one bad review on Apple Podcasts is from Sam. Hi, Sam. 100% it's from him. I mean, he would re-listen to that again. Like there were so many great things that I did like about him. I wouldn't have dated him if I didn't see a lot of positive things. And I wish that like takeaway had pulled through for him because I was there for the right reasons. I thought he was a really interesting person. And we had a lot of things that were in common but it was such a one-sided relationship. And when anything was focused on me, it was him kind of picking at me and not being nice to me. And I, I'm not, I'm not here for that. So I wish I had, um, made myself pick up on that sooner because I don't think this relationship would have lasted longer than a few weeks. If, or whatever point things started to shift, I think I would have cut it and been done at that point rather than letting it go on. Well, and I'm remembering back at that time, I remember we had some conversations about how the idea of going back to the apps was like a little bit overwhelming because you do, you get mm-hmm. tired. You're like, I'm tired yeah. of matching with people. I'm tired of getting to know people. It's exhausting. And so I think there is a part of us sometimes that like, you just hope they start acting right. Mm-hmm. Guess what? That never works. If they're not acting right, they're never going to act right. You, you just, you got to just cut it off. But yeah, for sure. It. Yeah. I think there is that fear of like, oh, I have to go back and turn my apps on again. Who wants to do that? This is terrible, but it's terrible to stay in something that isn't working for you. That's just a waste of your time. Yeah. So what's your big takeaway now after you're listening to this? Well, again, I wish I had opened my eyes a little bit sooner, but I am proud of myself of not overdating. We also talk about overdating a lot. I didn't overdate in this situation in that once my brain finally clicked into like, oh, this does not feel right to me. I was done. There were no second chances. There was no looking back when I was respectful and kind throughout the entire thing, but I was, it I made a decision and I stuck with it. And that was the right decision for me a hundred percent. And I'm proud of myself for that because again, it would have been really easy to just continue on um, and let it just go further and further, which would have been bad for everybody involved. Yeah. My big takeaway, which you're going to laugh at this is I was listening to the Olaf episode (laughs) where he was like, you just don't give warm hugs. And I was laughing at that, but then I was double laughing because you and I hate hugs actually. (laughs) Real talk, we do hate hugs. We do. I, if it's somebody I'm dating, I'm great with the hugs. And in my defense, if I can have a moment to vindicate myself in this situation where, again, Sam was so like, you didn't give me warm enough hugs. I didn't know if you really liked me. He did a lot of home improvement projects. And half the time when I would show up at that man's house, he would be dirty from doing all of these house projects and ratty old dirty t-shirts. I'm like, I'm not going to go and like give you like the best hug of your life when you're all like grungy. That's gross. So you're right. I support your decision. I was just laughing. I was listening to this because I was thinking about uh, Laura and I had a girls night the other night at my house with some of our other mutual girlfriends are like four of us. And of course, all the girls show up and we're hugging. We're like, and then Laura and I look at each other and we gave each other the most awkward, terrible hug you've ever seen (laughs) in your life. We were like, we don't hug. (laughs) We see each other plenty. It just made me laugh a lot. I was like, actually, he was right about that. I give a quality hug. You can ask Tyler. I think he would support me in this, but um, I don't think that Sam deserved my warmest of warm hugs. And I also don't think a relationship is built on warm hugs. I was very friendly. Like it was bullshit. Bullshit. Let it go. Let it go. Bullshit review. Okay. All right. We will, uh, (laughs) Sam, leave us another bad review. We'll know that you listened. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right well thank you let all us so know much. if you're out there yeah let us know uh but thank you all so much for joining us and be back here in two weeks for our next episode of second chance summer a series for the just for the summer where we go back and we listen to old dating stories from early in the the thirsty canon and we look at it with fresh eyes it's pretty funny although very embarrassing for us entertaining <laughs> for you so come back for that thank you Still thirsty? You can get bonus content by subscribing to The Thirst Trap on Spotify or Apple. Or shop Thirsty Gear at thirstythepodcast.com. And don't forget to share this show with your community. Rate, review, and follow us on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. 